You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to episode 11 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today is Suze Gilbert. How are you, Suze? I'm well, Elisa. How are you? How is everybody? Oh, we're, we're good. Unfortunately, Vicki Stokes won't be able to join us today because she's got a lot going on with her personal life and her, and her work life. So it's just going to be you and I today, Suze. I hope we can handle it, Elisa. I hope we can. <laughs> So before we get started, I just want to mention that we did get some feedback from Jim, and he writes, I have now listened to four of your podcasts, and I find many things valuable in each. Learning about reading on the iPad and Kindle was very helpful. Both my wife and I have been elementary school teachers and community college teachers, and now I paint full time. I think your podcasts are substantial, informative, and measured. Thank you very much, Jim. P.S., I listen to all of the other Mac podcasts, but I find your podcast unique and a welcome addition. Jim, thank you. Yes, thank you, Jim. And because Jim uh, did give us some feedback, he is the winner of the iPad app Write PDF. So Jim, look for uh, an email from me. I'll be sending you the code for that, and you'll probably get that before you even hear this on the uh, on the podcast. So congratulations, and please, we would love to hear some feedback, good, bad, um, constructive criticism is always welcome. Show ideas, or just say hi. We we love to hear from everybody. Feed, I think feedback is just really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about apps and you know Apple products. I think it's always interesting to hear other people's point of view, especially with apps. As far as um, I'm concerned, because you know I review them for Pocket Size Podcast as well, so it's always great to get that feedback from what's working for people or what's not working, or if they have other suggestions. Absolutely, there's so many apps out there. There's no possible way that we can know about all of them. So what we talk about is just what we know in our own experience. So please, if you have something that that you that you think is fantastic, let us know. We'd be happy to talk about it. So speaking of apps and. We are today talking about the iOS 6 update, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the iPhone 5. And the the iPhone 5. Spanking new iPhone 5. My son um, had a 3GS with a cracked screen, and so he just received the white uh, iPhone 5 with the brushed aluminum back, which he absolutely loves. I don't know if you have held it in your hand, Elisa, but it's so light. It's just, it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful piece of equipment. Now there have been some discussion where the people are saying that the, uh, the black version of the iPhone five with the graphite, um, backing tends to, uh, get scuffed up a little bit more, but you know, I think that's just inherent because black does, you notice things more on black than you do on white. So, but he loves it. It's light. It's very fast. We were out shopping today, and I looked up something, and he was making fun of me because he, you know, has his LTG network, and it's just screaming fast. So, but I think you know, if you have an iPhone 4S, I don't think the upgrades are 
so substantial where you have to run out to get one. But, you know, I think people that have a 3GS and 4, this this is a, a really nice uh, phone. I finally convinced my husband, who is a BlackBerry owner, to get the iPhone 5. So he's pretty excited. That's the sound of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a big, there, it was funny that I think it was the New York Times had about um, BlackBerry and about RIM and how BlackBerry is losing favor. You know, um, they lost a lot of money this year as compared to last year. But my husband, the reason why he likes the BlackBerry is because of the, there, it's not a virtual or touch screen keypad. It's an actual button keypad and he, he can text and write emails, you know, famously fast on that. But you know, he it is inconvenient as far as the apps and the the camera is really not that great in the BlackBerry. He has the the brand new one, and it, I have to say, comparing the two, you know, the iPhone five. I don't have a Droid, so I can't compare the Droid, but it is noticeably um, it's a poor quality. I think. Which being said, the iPhone five camera, um, for those of you that haven't upgraded, it's pretty much the same camera as the 4S with some new features. Uh, It's still 8 megapixels, so that's going to give you a 3,264 by 2,448, if I remember that's what my 4S is. So it's the same image, but it has a 5-element lens. It has an infrared filter, so it's really good in low light. There, that is a big difference between the 5 and the 4S. And Apple decided instead of plastic to cover the lens, they used a sapphire composite glass. So people should really see a difference with that. Now, there has been a lot of discussion on some of the forums, and I'm not sure if they're just Mac haters or Apple haters, but about a purple haze. And that's just really silly, I think, because even with the Canon DLSR equipment that I own and the, all my lenses, my Canon lenses have um, a coating, you know, a lens coating um, to help cut down on glare and flare. If I point any of those lenses at the sun, I'm going to get some type of flare and glare. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with an iPhone 5 or any type of iPhone. I mean, if you're talking about a small camera, you're not going if you're, you're going to have some type of aberration or purple fringing or something if you point your camera at the sun. And usually photographers uh, know this and they always try to, if they're doing portraits or they're doing something, they try to work with the light. And you're never trying to take a portrait, you know, either having somebody face the sun or the camera face the sun. You're going to get a, a black, you know, um, shadow uh, with a person if you do that. So I think just, I really think the whole purple haze issues is a lot, just much ado about nothing. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not a photographer, but I even know you don't put a person in front of the window when the sun is shining in. When I saw that, I'm like, really? I, I thought that was the silliest thing. But I do have to, um, you know, we, I know we're going to go into iOS 6, and I do have to mention as far as the camera is concerned, and this, hap- this is for for S owners as well, is that there's a panorama function. So if you open up your native camera app in um, on your phone and you select the option tab up on top the option button tap on that and the pull down screen will come on and you will it come down and you will see panorama if you tap that you can a field comes up on the screen with an arrow and you can basically slowly pan once you 
um, tap the shutter, you can slowly pan and it will do, um, it will take a 240 degree panoramic image and it's really spectacular. You're talking about uh, a 28 megapixel image when it's done that you could share on Dropbox or your shared photo stream because that's a new feature in iOS 6 as well. But that's a fabulous, fabulous feature and it's pretty mistake proof because you're following the arrow and it will tell you if you're moving too fast or too slow or, you know, if the arrow is not up correctly or down. And Elisa, you mentioned that if you, what, tap? If you tap um, on the right side, because normally, well, as the default, the arrow goes from left to right. So the panorama will go from left to right. If you want it to go from right to left, just tap on that screen on the right side and it flips the arrow. I was so impressed when I was in Maine. I took several um, panorama um, images because of the, you know, the leaves were changing colors. It was, it wasn't as spectacular as, you know, previous years. I don't, I think they got a lot of rain this year, but I was just so impressed at the panoramic function because it, you can stop where you want to as well. I mean, when you're slowly panning in the panoramic function, when you get to the very end, it will just stop and it will save it to your camera roll. But if, say for instance, you don't want quite that length, you can stop it at any time by just tapping the shutter button again, and it will save it directly to your camera roll. Very, very impressive. It really is. I also found if you don't step, if you don't tap the the shutter button, if you just pull the camera down, it stops. Yeah, that's good too. That's good uh, tip to know. Pano app, panoramic app that's available, and many of them are very good. Pano has always been one of my favorites. Photosynth is another favorite, but I think this panoramic um, app with the native camera and. Uh, you know, I have my favorite replacement camera apps, but they've made the native camera app, I think, very strong. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, and especially with this panorama function. So if you haven't tried it, it's so easy to use. I advise anybody that's upgraded to iOS 6 to go ahead and try your panoramic function. Let's go to something that both of us agree is not very good with the iOS 6 update, and that's Passbook. <sighs> Fail. It's not what I thought it was. I was under the impression that you would open the app and everything would be within that app so that I could say, I'm going to Target today. I would click the Target app within Passbook, get my coupon, or I'm going to Starbucks, get my loyalty card. Some, similar to cards, I think it's Cardstar and Keyring work similar to that. And this is just... If you open it right now, before you've done anything, at the bottom of the of the app, it says Get Apps. It brings you to the App Store, and it shows you what apps are available for Passbook. Uh, United Airlines, um, I'm not even sure what else, Target, Walgreens. So I did an experiment. I downloaded Target. I put a coupon in last week, which, by the way, you can use the coupon within the Target app, so why do I need to put it in Passbook? But I put the coupon in Passbook. It expired on Saturday. It's still there. I have to physically go in and delete that coupon, which doesn't really make any sense to me. You would think that, okay, the coupon expired. Goodbye. It's still there. Lisa, I think it's very, this app is very beta. It seems very beta to me. It's very counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. 
know my son gave me a hard time because he said, Mom, all of those apps are not uh, big apps. You just make a folder with your passbook apps. I said, but I shouldn't have to. You know, basically, I would think that you'd be able to select the, the ones that you use, say, for instance, United or Delta, Starbucks, like you said, Walgreens or CVS or whatever, but not have to have a separate app on your phone. To me, that's silly. And I know that, you know, eventually there's going to be iWallet with iOS 7 or, or iOS 8, whenever they come out with it. But to me, it would be, it would be much better and much more useful to be able to delete coupons and to have it update within Passbook and give you a notification, you know, to say your Target uh, coupons are ready or United, your, you know, your boarding pass, you know, your, your flight has changed or, or, or whatever. Because when I tried, when I was in Maine a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I thank goodness I had printed out my boarding passes, but I decided to, I had put the United app into Passbook and to see if I could use the, the, boarding pass, you know, the virtual boarding pass, and it just did not work. It worked with the United app, but for some reason, Passbook was, it was not allowing it to work. So I just, it, we, it was such a huge line at Logan, I ended up just using my, my printed boarding passes. But I do think it needs more work. I think the idea is really going to be great. I, but like, you know, when Siri first came out, she really wasn't that all that functional. And I just think Passbook right now, even though in theory, it's a great idea, it's just not really functional, at least not for my lifestyle. Because like you, Elisa, if I want to use the Target coupons, what's going to make me use Passbook when I can just update Mm -hmm. my coupons on Target? Right. You know, use that. It seems really silly, actually. Right. Or show the the United app for the boarding pass. Um, I, what I ended up doing is I just deleted the two Target coupons that were there, which I have to say, the way they delete is cute. It looks like a little shredder. So that was cute. So it brings me back to the main Passbook page. And it says, Passbook is the simplest way to get all your passes in one place. And it has boarding passes, tickets for movies, events, and so forth, store cards, customer and loyalty cards for stores and services, and coupons. Then you go to the app store, and right now they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different apps. That's it. Walgreens, Ticketmaster, United Airlines, Starbucks. You know, it's, it's not enough. They put this in iOS 6 prematurely. You know, this really wasn't ready for prime time. Maybe they know it now, but they're, number one, they should have, to me, they should have um, basically let the developers of these apps know that this was coming out maybe a little sooner. So they had a bunch of store cards and, um, you know, businesses ready to, to hook into Passbook. And, you know, and also, again, you know, not to have a whole folder. I don't want 20 store apps on my iPhone. I have, I load up my iPhone with with camera and photo and art apps, I don't want to load it up with, I know I'm whining. Don't I sound like a whiner? (laughs) Well, it defeats the purpose of Passbook. I mean, at least that was the impression that I had, is that rather than having to download all these different apps, I could do everything right within this one app. Yeah, you know, I agree. And I just, I'm just hoping that, you know, with the new update, whether it's going to be iOS 6.1, um, they really address this issue because there's just not enough uh, substance there for me to use Passbook, uh, pa- 
Facebook right now. It just isn't. And I don't really, I want, I want notifications, you know, I would like to have, um, you know, things updated. So if you go to the, if you go to open up Passbook and you go to the Target app, that week's um, coupons are there and you can select the ones you want, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be a lot more intuitive. I know this stream extremely, but I don't think a woman designed that app. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see another problem with, which isn't Apple's fault. Um, the problem with a passbook type of app is a few months ago, I believe, the Dunkin' Donuts released its own app similar to Starbucks, where you could put money on your card instead of handing your card, you would just show them your phone. Well, at least in my area, which is not a small area, I mean, it's not New York City, but it's not a small area, nobody knew what was going on. It made the newspaper when Dunkin' Donuts had an app, but yet when people went to different Dunkin' Donuts around the area, the people who worked there said, what is this? They didn't know how to use it. I don't think their registers were capable of using it. So the people that had it on their their phone ended up having to pull money out of their pocket to get their coffee and donuts. So I think a lot of stores don't have the technology in place yet. I know what I've gone to the grocery store when I used, um, I think, Cardstar, and I put my loyalty card on the phone and tried to scan it, it wouldn't work. And the cashier said, you can't do that here. You have to scan the actual card. It's coming. You know, I think I think it's going to be really convenient for all smartphones, whether you own a Droid or, um, you know, uh, an iPhone. I think it's definitely coming. So it'll be nice because I have so many cards. You know, you have your library card. You have all these cards you have to tote with you. You know, and so many people use reward cards. You know, I, especially the grocery stores. And, you know, it's just so frustrating because... You know, if you think about, you have to sometimes, you know, you have your phone number associated with, well, I've always had problems, you know, it's like, well, that phone number doesn't work. And so I just think having it all in one place, it's going to, I think this is eventually going to be really great. I'm excited about Passbook. I just don't think it's ready quite. And it will lighten up my keychain because right now I have one key on my keychain and about 30 different cards. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I think... I think the idea and the concept is very exciting to me. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I just, you know, like I said, it's not ready for prime time. But what do you think about the Maps app? Of the Maps. We, we, <laughs> I know there's been a lot of um, discussion um, on various blog and f- blogs and forums on the net that people are upset about the Maps and about not having the Google Maps. But I have to tell you, moving to Dallas um, in this, this summer... I didn't really know Dallas that well. And I had, you know, this was before iOS 6 and I was using Google Google Maps and I was trying to get to a grocery store and it led me into a residential area. It did it twice. So I put in a Target store in this really not so great area of town. So I was really hoping that maps would improve. But, you know, I know upset about the Apple Maps. And yeah, I think it's a work in progress. However, when I was in Maine, I was going, I was visiting some fairly rural areas and I didn't have any problems. And when I went into Logan, I rented a car and I plugged in an address into uh, to Bellingham. I wanted to go to the Barnes & Noble and then I wanted to go to Winsocket, Rhode Island, which is not that far away, to go to this little Polish deli to surprise my aunt with um, some blueberry and spiced apple pierogi. It led me turn by turn. I mean, 
it was perfect. It, I put in the little um, deli's name was Krakow, and I put you know Krakow and Winsocket Rhode Island, and it led me right to the door. I was really happy, and I really liked coming when I was had to leave early in the morning to get back to Logan. I'm telling you, Elisa, that turn by turn was great because you know traffic is always heavy going into Boston, and. Um, Siri, you know, when she come, when you, when you using the turn by turn directions, she let me know a good amount of time. I, you know, she'd say, you know, continue on for 2.4 miles and you're going to take a right onto I-30 or, or wherever it was. I found that it was great. I would highly recommend if people haven't used the turn by turn, try it out. I think she did a great job. Again, I really like the fact that you know, they give you the two or three routes so you can select your route and it gives you an overview. If you don't want to do turn by turn, then you can select your route and you can just, you know, read your directions. But I like the hands-free turn by turn. And TomTom, you know, Apple did not do this arbitrarily. They worked with TomTom, which has been always a leader with, you know, GPS and maps. So, you know, I think it's a work in progress. I know some People were upset because graphically it looked like the Brooklyn Bridge was going into the East River and this uh, Golden Gate was really off. But that's all graphic stuff that can be worked out later. As far as the directions, I, I'm I was very happy with the directions. No, n- knock on wood, no problems for me. I don't. I've never been a big fan of GPS. It's just my personal preference. Um, but I did play with it the other day. We went to a wedding in the mountains, and we knew where we were going because it was an area my husband had been to before. But just for the heck of it, I I turned on the Maps app, and it plotted the route, and it gave me the turn-by-turn. Turn. And the only concern I had was that there were a couple of times when you had to, say, make a right at the next street. It told me to make the right halfway through the intersection, so there would have been a good chance had I not known where I was going, I would have missed that right turn. But otherwise, like you said, it did a really good job, took me exactly where I needed to go. Plus, I'm also hearing that people who are having problems with it rerouting the wrong way, if they turn it into Apple, Apple is very quickly correcting the problem. So that people that this week might have said, hey, my street's not on the map, find out that next week, there it is. And that just shows you, you know, that I, I think that's, they're, they're listening. You know, they, Tim Cook did issue an apology about it. Um, I didn't use it. I did not use the turn by turn when iOS first came out. So I missed probably a good week or two because I really used it. You know, I use maps pretty much when I'm traveling or if I'm trying to f- go to a place in Dallas because I live in Dallas that, you know, I'm not familiar with. And so far, you know, it's been very accurate for me. But again, I'm, you know, Boston's a, a fairly large city and Dallas is a metropolis. And, but Maine is not, you know, they're, they're not uh, uh, really <laughs> huge cities in Maine aside from Portland. And, you know, I found that it was very accurate in Maine. So I, it had it had um, named some street names that I didn't even know that was the actual name of that particular road. So I was I was very impressed with that. So I think you're right, Elisa. People are basically trying to be very accurate about it, giving feedback to app, taking care of it. So I think that really bodes well for maps. I think it's one of those things where it's just going to continue to improve. Now, the next thing we want to talk about was the mail. Mm. Now, for people who aren't aware of this yet, the mail now has a VIP mailbox. If you 
choose to have that, where you can choose people that are uh, emails that are very important to you, whether it's family or coworker or business people, whatever. As soon as those emails arrive, you get a notification, which is really nice to have. It's, I think it is. I like the fact, too, that, you know, you can refresh if people go into their mail app and you want to refresh your mail, you just pull it down and it gives you this like this little pull down. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing that you can do with mail that's really nice is you when you're composing an email, instead of going, if you want to include video or photos in your email, you no longer have to do it within the fo- a copy from your photo album and then construct the email and then paste or go to photo albums and then press on the outward arrow button to share via email. And now you can basically um, start composing your email, tap on the screen and just tap and hold and up will come the, you know, the select, select all and paste menu. Well, there's an arrow uh, on the right, tap the arrow and then it gives you an option to insert photo or video. It's fabulous because now you can just, in, you know, include as many photos or videos as you want in your email. And, of course, of course when you go to send the mail, it always gives you the option uh, for the size that you want to uh, send the images in. I'm really happy with that particular function. I was very happy with that because that was just counter, again, t- counterintuitive to have to go into the photo album. And then, you know, if you're getting out of writing the email, you think, oh, wait a minute, you go into mail and the email's not there because you're actually composing the email in the f- with, within photo album. I just thought that was always a little counterintuitive. I didn't know that. that. I'm doing it right now. That is very cool and just definitely very handy. Now, the other thing um, with mail, um, well, I, I sh- shouldn't really, for those of you that um, like emoticons, um, you know, and emoticons are the little smiley face and all the little um, graphics that you want to put into insert an email. If you go into settings and then, if you excuse me, yeah, go into settings in general and you swipe all the way down general, you'll see keyboards. You can basically select the emoji keyboard. And there are a lot of apps that used to give you emoticons, but Apple included that. And they they gave a ton of, they have upgraded the emoji keyboard. So they have a ton of images now. So that's kind of fun. Mm, I use those a lot. Also, people have to understand that, you know, people have always asked me, you know, Suze, how do you make the accent AQ on your, on your uh, name? It is so easy. It always has been easy with the iPhone and the iPad, because basically when you're composing uh, an email and you need to bring up any international characters, an umlau or accent grave, or if, you, if you're doing Spanish, basically, if you just tap and hold the E, then up comes the international keyboard. And all you have to do is take your finger and slide it over to the E with the um, ac- particular accent or character that you want. And that's how you insert uh, any type of characters with an accent or so they make it very, very easy to do. Mm-hmm. So I know you like to use Siri a lot. What do you think of the Siri update? I think she's a lot more functional. I'm very happy with what Apple's done with her because basically you and I are both Red Sox fans. And well, I should say we're shamed Red Sox <laughs> And you can ask her for sports scores now or you can ask her 
you can hold her and say, um, hold her up to your ear and say, Siri, um, when are the Patriots playing or when are the Dallas Cowboys playing? And, you know, she tells you and or you can ask for the score or you can ask for what's the nearest Greek restaurant that is nearby. So she is a lot more functional. She actually opens, launches apps now too. So if you basically say, Siri, launch camera. Unfortunately, I have like 30 apps that all start with camera. So she'll say, which one? Camera plus camera. So, but that's really nice that you can actually launch an app within Siri. I, I I think she's a lot more functional. I'm very happy with her. I like when you ask for the scores that it shows you the actual scoreboard. Mm. And also with the movie, it shows like a little movie screen that, you know, with with the name of the theater and the times that that particular movie is playing. So it's also visually appealing as well as, you know, listening to it. And I think I think this incarnation of Siri, I just see them adding more and more um, functions to Siri. But I think... I think this incarnation of Siri is much more functional for everyone. So if you if you got frustrated with Siri and felt that, you know, it was more of just a, a side or a little joke, she is definitely more functional now. I've always agreed to set alarms or set reminders for me. So I always used her for that. Let's um let's give her a little test. Oops. If I can get her open here. Siri, what time tonight will the Tigers beat the Yankees? <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Good. Siri, what time tonight will the Tigers beat the Yankees? The Yankees. Tigers game starts at 8.07 p.m. And it shows a little MLB schedule. And it shows the record of the Yankees, the record of the Tigers, what TV station it's on. And they gave Siri more of a sense of humor, too, because they, I, I, the Red Sox got soundly whooped a few weeks ago. And I asked Siri when I was in Maine, you know, what the Red Sox score was. And she said the Red Sox got spanked by whatever team it was. I thought that was so funny. I thought that was great. Um, um, sometimes you can't replicate it, though, because, you know, it was so funny, humorous. I wanted to share it with my father-in-law, but she she didn't say it the second time. So you see what it is. Siri, what time do the Red Sox play tonight? The Yankees. Tigers game is tomorrow at 8.07 p.m. Oh, misunderstood me. Siri, why aren't the Red Sox playing? The Red Sox were soundly defeated by the Yankees on October 3rd, 2012. The final score was 14-2. Yeah, they were soundly defeated, okay. <laughs> it's got a picture of the box score, inning by inning. Runs, hits, and errors, just like you'd see on TV. Yeah, and, you know, I just, I like the fact that, um, you know, she is more usable. She really is now, I feel, more of a personal assistant, you know, whether it's setting alarms or, um, you know, making reservations or setting reminders or finding a restaurant or the scores. I think people are going to be using her hopefully more often. Mm. Now, another feature that um, I don't think has been talked about very much with the iOS 6 update is Do Not Disturb. Now to get into that, you go into your settings and Do Not Disturb and turn it on. Below that, you click on the notifications and then the Do Not Disturb. Turn it on and you can choose when you want no one to call. 
So for example, if you go to bed at midnight and you sleep until six o'clock and you don't want any phone calls or any kind of notifications between midnight and six, set it from midnight to six, except you can allow certain people to call you. So if you just want your family members to call, you can put their names into that list so that if your family member calls you at three in the morning for some reason, the call will go through, but nothing else will. It will just go to your voicemail. So I haven't used it yet because I normally turn my phone off at night, but when I go out of town and my kids are home, I will turn this feature on. Have you tried it yet? I use it a lot because I play words with friends and you know, we're, a lot of the people I play with, which is pretty much friends and family members, we're on different time zones. So many times, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, what are they doing up at two o'clock in the morning? You hear zing and, you know, your screen turns, you know, on. And so I used to silence it, but then I thought, you know what, I'm going to try do not disturb. And I have to say, I really like it. it a little moon icon comes up near your, uh, the very top of your screen. So if you see that moon, that means you have do not disturb on. So if you forget to shut it off, you want to make sure you do that. But I really like it, Elisa. Like you said, it's probably great for people that are working nights, the night shift and have to sleep during the day. I used to do that when I was a nurse. It was very hard. So basically anyone that's in your um, favorite phone folder will be able to get through. You can select that. And I think that's a nice safety thing, you know, that, you know, if you have a son or, you know, your husband and they need to call you, they can get through the um, the do not disturb. But I, I love that feature. I think that's great. Especially, even if somebody's, you know, at a meeting, you know, and they want to just be do not disturbed for, you know, an hour, they, they can basically not be notified, have their notifications. Right, right. Now, does that also include mail, push mail? Does your email come through no. anyway, or even that's silenced? No, because I always, I have fetch. I usually, you know, when I open the mail app, that's how I have my mail. Okay, because I have mine pushed, because I know the first time I had a phone and my husband and I went on vacation, I left the phone on because my kids were here, we were there, and all night long we kept hearing ding, ding, because that was my email downloading. So I had to remember to turn off and change it to fetch my email. So I'm just curious as to if the do not disturb also includes the emails. I, I don't know. That is a really good question. Because I could turn that on when I'm asleep, but leave the phone on for emergencies. See, I, I like the fact also because the notifications, you know, when you select notifications now and you you know, swipe down to bring up your notifications list, you can actually tap to post it to Facebook or tap to tweet it. That's another uh, little option and notifications that they, they included. And, you know, I think, I think with iOS 6, I think it's just, I love the fact that Apple comes out with a new iOS update. It's not just a few things, it's major. Because I really love the fact that Safari, you know, you can use full screen mode, when you turn it to landscape, they have the cloud tabs so you can synchronize your clouds, uh, your uh, tabs that you have open. I always have all my tabs open between your iPhone and your iPad if you wish. So that's kind of nice if you want to continue reading something that if you're reading on your iPad on your iPhone. Read it later. Do you use read it later? Um, no. Oh, see, I love read it later. I used to use Instapaper, but now the read it later... Basically, what that is, is if you're reading um, an article, 
and you just don't have time to finish it. If you if you're in Safari and you basically um, select the it's it's called add to reading list and that's another thing they did they really added a beautiful interface with the icons um, with this update too so you can add it to your reading list and what's really nice about that that's offline reading as well so it's not just when you're on Wi-Fi you can do that um, if you're offline so Suzanne you said that you like to use FaceTime I like FaceTime a lot Elisa um, I've used it from from when I first uh, got our Mac, and I was really happy that, you know, the iPhone and the iPad both have it. We use it a lot. We used it a lot when our um, son was in college, and my husband uses it a lot when he travels. So it's really great because we just, you know, talk and see each other over um, the Internet, basically. And pretty much with Wi-Fi, even in when he goes to Asia or Europe, you know, there's enough Wi-Fi hotspots and most hotels have free Wi-Fi that, um, you know, that hasn't ever been an issue. But yeah, I like, I like it a lot. I just think it's, um, I think it's great, but I don't think I'd use it over cellular, you know, because AT&T does have a surcharge. People probably want to check to make sure their plan will not charge them extra to do FaceTime over cellular. But I'm really happy with doing FaceTime right over Wi-Fi, so not a big user of FaceTime, probably because most of the people I know don't have an iPhone yet. And I don't have it on my iPad. I still have an original iPad. But I have used it a few times. I'm pretty much more of a Skype or iChat user. Well, what I like about it on the iPad is when we, for instance, when we moved into this house in Dallas, um, we called my aunt and uncle who in Connecticut, who they love you know, their iPad. And we were able to give them a whole tour of the house, which that's always really nice. You know, yes. it's just so convenient. And even with the phone, you know, if I need advice or something for my uh, son, I'll say, you know, Devin, go on FaceTime. I have to show this to you. And he can, you know, advise me, well, do this or that, because he's he's been actually doing um, tutoring over FaceTime. So, you know, I think it's just really, uh, I just think it's clever. I like it. Yeah. Now, another little minor controversy, we'll call it, is <laughs> Apple got rid of the YouTube app. But there is a YouTube app in the App Store. You just have to download it. Um, and it works, you know, you just sign in like you would before, and everything should be there, your history, your favorites, everything. So to me, that wasn't a big deal. I don't know why people make these huge brouhaha's over everything. Well, like you said earlier about the camera and the purple haze. It's, yeah. it's, it's the haters. It's the haters. Now, I will say, though, I think Safari has really improved their interface. If you, if you um, switch your uh, iPad or your iPhone on its side and you go to the outward arrow, you can. they have a really nice interface um, to you know, uh, take a web link and put it on your home screen or to share it with Facebook. A lot more Facebook integration with this particular iOS 6 update. You can pretty much, anything that you select to do, I noticed that Apple um, has it so you can upload things to Facebook, whether it's a photo from your camera roll or, you know, share a web link or anything that you can now post to Facebook with it, which is nice, rather than a copy and paste type thing. Right. But at the same time, you need to be a little bit careful because if you sign up with your Facebook, 
it downloads all your um, contact information. Yeah. So that part makes me say no. Yes, I know. I, I, I tend to agree with that. But another thing they did was they have the cloud tabs in Safari. So, you know, if you like your, you know, if you like to have your um, tabs, you know, linked between devices, which you have open on in Safari, you're able to do that. Uh, I love Read It Later. Read It Later is just a, it's just a fabulous um, application, and it's integrated right into Safari. So if you like what you're reading and you don't have time, I used to use Instapaper, the app Instapaper. You can also use Goodreader. But now Apple, um, with iOS 5, they had included Read It Later, but now they've improved it. So the actual link is also available offline, which I think is really great. So I like that. And I think the App Store has improved. I just love the fact that, you know, when you're updating your apps, you can, after it's updated, you can open it. You don't have to use your password to update every app. Did, yes. Aren't you happy with the new App Store? Well, I like, I like how it's all, it's all right there on one list. And when you click the update, it's right there. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't jump to another page. And you can still browse the store while everything is updating. One thing I did notice with this, and I guess you could look at this as good or bad, but I look at it as good. Every single day, I'm getting updates. Every single, sometimes 12 at a time yeah. that I have to update these apps. Now, I can understand people going, come on, this is a pain. But I look at it as the positive side, as the developers are taking this seriously, and they want to make sure that these apps work properly. And they're taking the time to do the updates. And also, they've had to update because of the, uh, the um, iPhone 5, they have a different screen um, size to deal with. So a lot of these apps have had to take into account for that, um, especially, you know, the, the camera apps. But I just like the fact that, you know, you're able, like you said, you're able to browse. You can find out what's new. They have a little arrow that you can look to see what's new in that particular update. And the password used to just irritate me that I had to put in my password every time I wanted to update an app. I'm, I'm really happy they did that. But I think the other thing I'm really happy with this update is that when someone calls you on your iPhone now, you can decline that call but you, or you can reply with a text. I think that is great. And you can select what kind of text you can have it already pre-programmed that, you know, like, hey, I'll call you back in a few minutes. Um, can't, you know, can't talk right now. I just think it's great. That was, that was really fabulous. Yeah. I haven't used that part yet. I totally forgot, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I haven't used in this um, new update is you can add a call now. So I'd like to figure out how to add calls because you can actually do kind of conference calls. So mm -hmm. that's the only thing I haven't done. Um, but I also, do you have lost phone on, are you do, find my phone? Yes. So if I'm, you, yeah, I, I did that as well. And also the clocks, the clock on the iPad is absolutely beautiful. I, I really love this clock, uh, new clock interface. And the fact that you can select, a, you know, to be, you know, you can have what tune you want from your iTunes to, you know, gently awake you if you use the, the iPad or the iPhone for an alarm clock. Or you can be like me and listen to something like the Rolling Stones or the Ramones to wake you up. <laughs> the Ramones. Wow, Elisa. Oh, yes. The Ramones. 
I like I like a little Vivaldi in the morning because I I awake fully awake, so I can't be jarred awake because my my, my brain is already active. Where I'm just the opposite, where you need the tow truck to get me out of bed in the morning, so I need something loud, and yet that doesn't always work. No, you know I I just I really like the fact that. You know, I, I love the world clock because I have, you know, friends that live in different time zones. So that's really nice. If I'm going to call somebody, I'll think I've made the mistake before, you know, sometimes with daylight savings times because now it has changed. Um, so, you know, I don't want to call somebody, you know, and it's I'm three hours ahead of them. And, of course, I'm central time now. So that's kind of changed. But I, I love the fact they have the world clock and also, um, you know, the alarm clock function. I, I don't have a separate app for an alarm clock. I just use what Apple gives it gives me, and I've been very happy with it. Hmm. Now, do you use the calendar share? No. You know, the calendars, it, if I was a busy mom, you know, when, if my, when my kids were younger, I, I had to have a calendar. But I don't. I very rarely use the calendar. I'll put my, like, hair appointment or, you know, our podcast when we're going to do that, and I'll have a reminder. But to be honest with you, my calendar app is seriously underused, only for, like, birthdays, you know, and, like I said, appointments. I just don't use my calendar that much. I use reminders more than I use my calendar. Yeah, I do, too. To be honest, the calendar I use the most is the one that hangs up in the kitchen. I still like my paper 12-month calendar. I agree with you. I I agree with you on that. I do too. Not that this is bad. And I'm trying to teach myself to use it more, you know, take the things that are on the calendar in the kitchen and move them to the app. My doctor appointment, dentist appointment, you know, lunch with a friend. But I still always look because every time I walk into the kitchen, there it is. So I've got that reminder of, oh, yeah, I've got to go to the doctor tomorrow. And, you know, unless someone, I mean, I can see people using the calendar app if they have a ton of meetings, you know, business um, personnel will, you know, business people will probably definitely want to use that calendar app and share the calendar, you know, share a meeting or something. I can definitely see um, that being used in that way. But, you know, when you're an empty nester, life becomes remarkably quiet and life becomes a little quieter you know I I tend to paint in my studio a lot or I'll be working a lot with my iPad on photo apps so you know I just like I said I just really use it for appointments but I I I like the fact that that is available though I think that's nice and the last thing we wanted to mention but this is by no means the last update and upgrade in the iOS 6 is photo stream Now, I personally do not use this because I'm still running Snow Leopard and nobody I know is running Lion or Mountain Lion that could accept the pictures. I, you know, I haven't used PhotoStream. I'll tell you why I don't use PhotoStream because I really didn't want thousands of, I I think when I first turned it on, it synced just thousands of, uh, of my photos. and I couldn't get it off. I couldn't delete it. You know, they finally came out with a delete function. I thought, oh, forget it. And I just shut it off. But I can see if, I can see perhaps turning back on PhotoStream if I wanted to share an album, you know, if I, uh, you know, like my main album, if I wanted to share that, you know, with my brother-in-law who has an iPhone, I could, I could do that. So that in itself is, is a kind of a nice feature. But personally, with PhotoStream, I don't use PhotoStream all that much. For one thing, I'm 
I don't have mountain lion. And secondly, um, I tend to be very paranoid with photographs, even in the cloud. I tend to, you know, back up all my photos on my iPhone and my iPad onto external hard drives. And so I, I don't really um, throw them into photo stream. Well, I, I do use it, which is good. Uh, it works with my iPad and my phone. Photo stream would be good for my parents. If my father had lion or mountain lion, but he's still using leopard mm-hmm. on his computer. But so what I do when I have a lot of pictures for him, we have a shared Dropbox. Yeah. So I put everything in the Dropbox. But I would use PhotoStream for him. See, the thing is with PhotoStream for me, Elisa, is that I have like, I have a, my gig, I have a 64 gig iPad. My iPhone's only 32 gig. And my, I, I do most of my photo processing on my iPad. So I have like six something. 6,500 6, photos on my iPad that I, I know that's terrible. But on my iPhone, I try to keep it streamlined. I, so I just throw them up to my iPad. I don't know. I just, I haven't used PhotoStream. I'm, ever since when I first turned it on and I was horrified to see all those photos and I couldn't delete them, I thought, ah, oh, forget it. I'm shutting it off. But I'm sure there's people, you know, that love it. Oh, yeah. But there's one other thing I wanted to mention in mail, we f- I forgot to mention, was that, you know, um, for those of us at my Mac, you know, many of us have a signature, you know, so basically when we send an email, you know, it might say my Mac staff reviewer or, th- uh, you know, the uh, three geeky ladies and maybe, you know, the website. And now they allow you to have different signatures for different accounts, which I think is great. So that's, an- that's another thing that... Um, you know, for people that are using their iPhone for business and personal, they can actually have a separate signature for each account that they use. Mm-hmm. So that's really great. Yeah. So we've come to the end of this week's show, and we would like to hear from you, our lovely listeners. What do you like about the iOS 6 update, or what don't you like? Let us know. Did you get an iPhone 5? Let us know. You can find all our contact information on the show notes page at 3geekyladies.com with the 3 spelled out T-H-R-E-E or at mymac.com. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohen from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, the Tech Fan Podcast part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts.